Hello and welcome to the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast, member of the ANA Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Burbridge. We marketers are always looking for the next big thing, the newest platform, the latest technology, and the most up-to-date metrics and measurement. But what if I told you we had everything we need to guide us into a prosperous future right now, and it was just a matter of how we use the tools we have? My guest today is Matthias Selsacer, physicist, author, and partner at PwC. His book, Intelligent Data-Driven Marketing, breaks down the entire marketing function into its foundational building blocks and shows how marketers can put them back together to form repeatable, predictable marketing machines. Get ready, because you're about to hear what happens when a physicist starts thinking about marketing. All right, everybody, we are back for an international episode of the ANA Marketing Futures Podcast, and I am so excited for this one. Um, I, I, it's my pleasure, my privilege to welcome our guest today, Matthias El Cesar. Matthias, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you uh, to be invited to this show. And it's my pleasure. So we're going to jump into the deep end of the data-driven marketing pool today. But before we do, uh, I want to get my audience a little more familiar with you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how your journey led you to becoming not only a partner at PwC, but the author of Intelligent Data-Driven Marketing, When Physicists Start Thinking About Marketing? Yes, for sure. Yeah, I will do. So, hello. My, my name is Matthias. Yeah, Matthias Elsesser. I'm 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 coming and I'm living in a really really uh, mm. small village in the middle of Black Forest in the middle of Germany or in the south of Germany. Um, so I grew up there um, and uh, then decided to um, to study physics somewhere in the mid of the 90s. Um, and I, I finished my diploma in 1997 in, in physics to, to then start some, somewhere in the software um, industry that was quite famous that time so yeah, to, to really start somewhere as a programmer. Um, so I went in and uh, I started programming um, portals for insurance and suddenly the dot-com hype um, came up. Uh, so it was really somewhere end of 90s. And by that I got the first contact points towards marketing because it was all about CRM suddenly and about digital marketing and all these topics. So, so, so I really learned um, the, the, the first steps of, of the advent of, of Google and Facebook and, and what all this mean. And yeah, and then um, somehow I decided physics is not enough. Yeah, so let's go for an MBA. Yeah, so I, I decided to go for an MBA. Started um, at HFU in, in Germany, that's a German university. Um, near my hometown, and then um, I, I just followed to Sorbonne in, in Paris, Chetong in, in Shanghai, and finally ended up in at has, uh, HSG in uh, St. Gallen. Um, and yeah, then programming portals was by sure, it narrowed everything too much down yet, just sitting in front of a, a laptop and, 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 and programming some lines of code, even if this is still my hobby. Um, I decided to go for real consulting on business transformations and, and switched over to a Swiss-based consultancy. And there started then to, to really um, dig into big marketing transformation. And then it was really an, a nice journey, was allowed to see Red Bull, Nivea, Polestar, Mercedes, Allianz, William Grant and so, so a lot of shiny brands across all industries and always with this one passion um, to transform them from madman towards messman. So that, that's what we finally, we came up in one of these workshops yeah, with this 
paradigm or, or headline. Yeah. Then I decided to um, go for uh, uh, writing a book. That was before Corona, I have to be honest. Yeah. When when consulting means traveling a lot around. Yeah. So and then um, yeah, always sitting in these planes and trains and and whatever. Um, that I've done this decision of um, whenever I sit in the train, whenever I sit in the plane, let's start writing a book. And that was the reason. Uh, why I finally came up with this title because I'm physicist. Yeah, so I, I worked in marketing and I tried to get these two disciplines together. Mm-hmm. A true global citizen. A lot of my guests have very dynamic backgrounds uh, because that's just kind of what preps a person for innovation. But that one is one for the record books. Um, and Thanks. just I, I, I actually had the pleasure of reading this book I love how it opens with that kind of aha moment when you're doing, uh, I think your your physics thesis, if I'm not, if I'm remembering that correctly, it's, but it's just fascinating to me. And I just, I can't recommend it highly enough. So when you kind of start really diving in, in the book, you offer up a series of what you call metomics. Uh, could you explain what that is to our listeners? Yes, that's that's the inner core of, or um, essence you learn in a when you study physics to reduce the complexity of what we call initial uh, initial frame of reference. So we really try to to build some kind of theoretical system where we then start analyzing the mechanics or whatever in yeah or the flow of a gas mm-hmm. or and, and and to get rid of all this complexity, we try to get it to a minimum. And this is what I've done in the beginning of this book. I really went in and said, look, marketing is something like throwing balls towards a group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where I start. And if you trust in this, yeah, then you can start analyzing what are the really the core parts in the systems which you can measure, which you can influence, and which build these systems. And that's what then I finally came up. If if we compare this, um, I think there's a 10 with 85 zeros at the end atoms in the universe mm. just to get you a bit of a feeling I, I don't know the name of this oh, number the alien that it is but yeah and then somewhere 10, um, 85 <laughs> zeros just to get a, a feeling yeah in total the periodic table in chemistry has 118 atoms so obviously we are able to build a full-blown universe out of eight 118 tiny pieces and that's what I've done on, on marketing then. I, I tried to find out what are these things. And I came up with 56 of these atoms. And then I thought, hey, atoms is the wrong name. Let's call it marketing atoms. Then we put this dot in between and we came up with atomics. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is the MA is also the first two letters of my first name. So then it was a perfect brand. I said, that's what I'd like to have. That's the reason why it's called atomics. But the real reason is um, it's the the lowest grade of, of complexity in a system and, and the 56 pieces you have to, to think about. And there's the universe itself, the budget, the profiling, scoring, paid on earn activation. These are the, the atoms I've defined and you know can build them together and building them together to a broader solid state or to an organism or the finite universe. I also defined six gravity waves. Uh, which at the end bring these atoms together. And that's um, ag- agility, zero latency of data, closed loop. So, and I tr- also try to find out the, the physical laws behind why they are such important. So that's just to summarize what's all in. So. 
the thing that really stood out to me, marketers are always looking for that next thing. What's the next piece of data? What's that next way of measuring that's going to really help me figure this out? And that's not what this book's about. That's, we have the tools from what I can take. They're all there. It's how we're applying them and what we're focusing on and how we're interpreting them. That's really where the issue in, uh, you know, our current data-driven marketing world is. Would, would you say that's a, a, about uh, accurate? Yeah, 100% correct. That's it's how I have also done my way of consulting over the, the last 20 years. So it's 25 years now that I'm in consulting. When, when new things come up, I always try to, to come back to the system, say, what does this mean for my initial frame of reference? And we can just take metaverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a new topic and everybody is thinking about metaverse currently. If you trust in such a system, it's easy to say, this is the way I, I have to tackle this topic because there's one-on-one -on -one personalization. So we are going away from scrolling down and left to right towards a three-dimensional immersive experience. But at the end, we are, we are just changing again things in this yeah now it's not only pictures or whatever we are we are able to, to change the complete buildings or the, the avatars or, or things like that. but at the end it's one-on-one -on -one personalization and the same we now have wallets so let's collect wallets to a cdp yeah because then we get an enriched profile but at the end we are still talking about profiling and scoring yeah we need to know where does the money come from yeah so we need to do scoring and, and sentiment analysis but now of a wallet not the post at the end we just take always the same things and stitches together slightly different. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I think that that's what excites me so much about this idea. So let's talk about where marketers are focusing right now that might not be the smartest. What are marketers wasting too much time and energy on today? Just a statement from Peter Trucker comes to my mind. Yeah, so there's marketing innovation, which produces results. All the rest is cost. And I think that's what, uh, when you start saying focusing, I think that's that's first the mind shift. Um, I think every CMO should have in mind, I'm not a cost center who is burning money here. My essential part is to bring people via a perfect customer experience into the ecosystem of my business model and company. I think that's that should be your overarching paradigm and focus. And what we are then seeing that most of the people are aware on this, saying yes, 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 that's, yeah. but then they, they just fly further exactly on this level of altitude yeah, and, and try to optimize end to end. And that's where I would say, yeah, they invest too much time by, by just getting holistic PowerPoint presentations of how they should organize themselves and what is the next best campaign and, and what is my next best investment strategy or whatever. And I think there they should go away and, and try to understand the details yeah, and again, I, I like to cite an, an, a strategy pope, yeah, um, Michael Porter. Yeah, competitive advantage is a system which can't be easily copied by your competition. Which means if I know how to build up out of these atoms, molecules, organism, and universe, yeah, in a quite complex way, I can guarantee nobody else is quite an easy endeavor. Yeah, that's not that complex, but implementing a marketing cloud in a way that you have perfect segmentation, scoring, journey management, one-on-one -on -one personalization on every touch point, this is what you should focus on as a CMO for just one example. The same is for creativity, for content management. We, we would find it for every of these domains. And I think this is what, what you should do as a CMO. 
So if I'm a marketing leader, if I'm a CMO, what aspects of technology do I need to kind of understand and what expertise should I just be outsourcing? I feel like there's a lot that, you know, when the data thing happened, everybody's like, oh, so now I'm a data scientist. It's like, no, there are things you need to understand, but there are things you need to trust the experts with. Where do you, where do you see those two kind of buckets being? Oh, that's, you ask a consultant and you know the answer or it depends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's what you always answer on this. And um, in this case, I really take it serious. Yeah, because 100 depends on your business model, on the product you have, on, on, on different things and how you want to organize your, your complete marketing department. I think there's always two or three possible setups which works quite well. And the in-between doesn't work. So it's more about really doing tough decisions on this is how I'd like to do this. And if there's an overlap towards something else, let's cut this out of my, my organization, out of my process and out of my uh, IT systems. And then you can start thinking about, hey, what are the pieces which are core competencies, which I'd like to have, because if I'm, uh, I work for, for an automotive brand, which was fully that the business model relied on um, on design. Yeah, mm -hmm. there should be a design mm -hmm. community around this car and, and all these things. So for sure, content production, photography, all these things had to be in-house, yeah, because you want to own this. Yeah, if if design and picture, language and storytelling is, is your core competence, you have it in. If you're a fast moving consumer goods with whatever, 120 brands, and the only thing is to get them out via TV advertisements or whatever, maybe it's better to have this outsourced yeah, because you don't want to rely on a strong brand uh, yeah, and, and all these things. It's more about the trade yeah, and the performance management. Or if you're in an e-commerce business or something like that, you're going towards uh, performance management and say, yeah, the storytelling is not that important. It really depends. Yeah, Even if storytelling always is important. Sorry for that, but <laughs> that's another thing. Um, and, and the other thing is um, what I also want to mention here, what we see is um, when you start thinking about what can I outsource, what should I own? that people often run in the wrong direction when, when start thinking about it. what do I mean? So one of the gravity waves I've described is closed loop marketing, which means mm -hmm. start with planning, yeah, uh, to, together um, or to define plan layers and data, then move them over into some kind of uh, preparation execution on, on paid, owned, earned on every touch point. Think about the personalization, the, the agile loop of, of ongoing run fast, fail fast and things like that. And then um, start measuring the success data and, and, and start with the data science. And what I see is that a lot of people start doing this in the wrong direction. They think about, we need to get data driven. So we need the core competency of data scientists. So they start in-housing data scientists and then thinking about, ah, the data are not here. So let's think about how we are start measuring. Oh, measuring data obviously is a core competency. Let's start, um, hiring IT guys who are able to, to run the tech manager and the analytics tools and whatever to get the data. And then they realize, oh, we have no integration in the, in the MarTech stack. We don't see what it happens on our ad server because they're on the agency. We have to in-house the agency yeah, because then we, we, we own the data. And finally they see, oh, we are driving 80 kilometers an hour, but we don't know whether we are in the city or whether we are on a highway. So we don't know whether we are too fast or too slow. Yeah, so um, we need some kind of blend layer. Oh, let's think about MRM and, and marketing planning. Oh, that's a core competency we have to in-house. 
And I think it's better to really start this and say, for my business model, yeah, this is the way I'd like to plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm heavily in brand, I'm heavily in performance, whatever, this is the mixer. These are my touch points. Yeah, these are the one I can give outside because I don't care about them. These are the one I own because I heavily want to do the personalization and things on that. And then I don't have to repeat everything again, but then we are running in the right direction. I think that's something, maybe a, a golden rule, which, which is worth to be mentioned here in, in such a podcast. Through the ANA Educational Foundations, give the gift of an ANA University membership program. Your company can donate an ANA membership to the university of your choice. Your donation will empower the next generation of marketing talent, as well as establish a potential pipeline for your brand's next rising stars. For more information, contact Marnie Gordon at mg@aef.com. Let's talk about marketers who are in larger, more established brands. They're bogged down by legacy. You know, a lot of these big uh, brands get that big from mergers and acquisitions, which means there's a lot of disparate parts and not all of it's talking together. How do you start in that position towards a transformation to true data-driven marketing? Yeah, so I, I like this question. Thank you for that, because this is exactly where I work in. I've worked in the last 25 years, and I hope, hope to work <laughs> within this area over the next 10 years, because transforming large advertisers who spend millions and billions on, on, on media spends and, and marketing dollars, this is where you can really work on, on these transformation. It's totally different if you have mm-hmm. a tiny startup you know, with four people sitting in one room. Yeah, it's so, everything is so easy, yeah? getting data-driven and, and doing math, man. And to be honest, that that was the, the starting point for writing exactly this book, because I said, what are these things? So for that reason, I want to come back to these, what I said, gravity waves. And I think they, they perfectly fit to how you can start also changing yourself. So it starts with agile, run fast, fail fast. And I know everything is now agile and yeah, but at the end you have to do it. Just transform yourself. And at the end, it's three different layers. The one is these, these two layers we have in marketing. The one is this big cycle I explained with marketing planning, execution, gathering data, doing the data science, which is quite a broad loop about whatever, half a year, a quarter, or even a year, so you run in this loop. And then you have, you have this, and there I haven't seen that much advertisers who are running in two-week sprints for execution really of campaigns. So that's the first thing mm-hmm. I would start and say, let's start there. And then I said, there's a, a third dimension, also agile, start transforming yourself also in an agile way. Do not expect to build some kind of, this is my atomics blueprint. Now let's build a roadmap to get there in the next 10 years or five years or five months, it doesn't matter. And then hope that something magic will happen. No, you have to to think in two weeks and say, what are, and again, what are the core competencies I wanna work on? Where are my gaps towards this? And then jump into this. I think that's the one thing. And then there are other gravity waves like master the technology stack. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. you have to do these bold decisions on the technology stack. If you just take the the markets leader, and I, I don't want to promote no somebody, but if you have the whatever Salesforce, Adobe, Google's, HubSpot, mm-hmm. and, and SAPs of the world, and there are hundreds more articles that I do not forget, and <laughs> somebody and be agnostic here. But at the end, all of them overlap. It's not that that you can take one piece here and one piece here. All they try to lock their vendors in. 
Yeah, so you, you have to, you're enforced to do bold decision to say, this is my way I wanna go. So that's the other one, being agile on the one hand side, on the other side, especially in the technology and the process, doing this bold decision of cutting things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's the next block of in, in your transformation. And then on a way of executing marketing, I come to the next one, which I have labeled from counting action towards guiding audiences. So I think that's that's more on the way you're doing marketing. If you really want to run this journey from for madman Don Draper style of creativity and, and budget, yeah, towards a, a mathman style, which is data driven and replaces the the impression with experience and the click and balance with a behavior. You have to, mm-hmm. to also transform your, your processes, your, your, your organization, and for sure the underlying IT infrastructure to also collect single user interactions yeah, with CDPs, DMPs, and all these things. And I think that's a, a huge transformation, which is not that obvious than the one we had in the 2000, yeah, where, where Google came up and whatever, where everybody said, oh, now I can just count a like and a bounce and, and whatever. And by that, I'm, I'm getting data driven. Now we had a more silent revolution over the last 10 years towards really replacing the impression by, uh, by an experience and, and the click by, uh, by the behavior tracking. And then I think that's, that's these core things. And, and if you really do this, then you get away from this, just buying all these things or building these process just for the sake of sending out one personalized email a month or whatever towards a, a marketing machine, which produces ongoing new experience and new results. And, and that should be your, your, your path towards transformation of big organizations. I love it that how you break, broke everything down into the kind of steps and the mindsets and the levels. Uh, you mentioned creativity in there. And I know that it used to just be big idea, TV budget, let's go. But what role does creativity play in this more disciplined approach to marketing? So uh, I've just a full, written a full-blown chapter only on creativity. <laughs> so um, uh, because I, I ongoing get this criticism of um, in, in data-driven and customer centricity uh, that creativity is out. No, I'm a physicist and I have to, to cite here uh, Albert Einstein with the relativity theory. E equals mc square. Everybody knows this quite wonderful formula. Yeah, the light speed in marketing is still creativity. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's what every also CMO should have in mind. Yeah, so without creativity, this discipline will die. Yeah, because we want to attract, um, we want to delight customers with our um, way we talk to them and get um, in, uh, into interaction with them uh, down in the funnel. And what changed is the way we should define creativity. Again, if, if you look what Don Traper has done, yeah, he's drunken a lot of whiskey and smoked cigarettes. And then 10 minutes before the client arrived, he said, our cigarettes are toasted or whatever. It's one of these first things yeah, about Lucky Strike and, and, and these, these famous stories. So, he was extremely creative by, by building a slogan or a, a type of content. And what we should now do is we should change and try to use creativity and innovation to get these creative results. So what I mean is we should think about what is the underlying process of ideation to get new ideas, new ideas for content, new ideas for, for new stories, but also for activation yeah let's do 
some kind of experimental marketing? Why not defining a strategy of, yeah, let's do um, street soccer tournaments in the uh, capitals of European cities instead of going on TV? Yeah, or whatever, because we reach more people there and uh, the word of mouth and, and uh, the, the, the shared spread is, is by far um, higher than, than what we could get there or, or things like that, yeah, or um, we conquer the, the Super Bowl break by, by doing some, some cool digital things or whatever and using the reach of, of other ads to, to get um, um, the attention on our things. There are hundreds of creative ideas we have seen over the last years. And I think that's something we should think about when we talk about creativity. We should take this department, which is super creative. These are the guys in blue jeans, sneakers, and t-shirts since decades. Yeah, and mm -hmm. we don't want to know strip them down to, to nerds sitting somewhere in, in, in a room without windows, yeah, uh, in front of the computer mm -hmm. and doing some algorithms on, on marketing mix modeling or attribution models. No, we should take this creativity and say, the only thing we are doing, we are putting in in between managers who know how to ideate for new ideas on content stories and all these things. And then we have the light speed. As somebody who's an artist in my off hours, I've always loved the very simple quote, art is limitations. This data can give you the confines within your creativity that's gonna make it the most effective. I mean, it's even closer to design and creativity. Creativity has this feel of everything's out in the air. Design is like creativity with a strategy behind it. Uh, so yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I love the idea of creativity as light speed in this formula. Just all great stuff across the board. Uh, Matthias, before uh, we take a little bit of a left-hand turn and ask some of the questions we ask all of our guests, I'm sure our listeners are riveted right now. If they want more from you, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, uh, if they want to read the book, where can they go check you out online? So the, the easiest part is just connecting via LinkedIn and asking me directly. So it's the Mathman on LinkedIn. It's not that complex to find me there. Yeah, um, there's also www.themathman.com there. So um, where you can directly reach out to me or via an inquiry directly via the PwC webpage. That's also possible. So um, at the end, it's quite easy to, to reach me. There you go, themathman.com. Yeah. Uh, Matthias, we ask this of all of our guests, and I keep it very open deliberately. Uh, what are your thoughts on diversity, equity, and inclusion? What I'd like to answer is what a physicist would answer on this here. So um, I'm not sure whether you know Schrödinger's cat. Yeah, Schrödinger's oh, yes. cat is one of the most famous um, thought experiments or Gedanken experimente, um, how it's called in German. Yeah, so um, for all the one outside who don't know what it is, we just put a cat plus an atom um, into a sealed box. Yeah, and if the atom starts to split, poison gets free in this sealed box and the cat is dead. And there's a certain probability that this atom splits or not. So this is the, the idea of Schrödinger's cat. The reality, we have a, a, a cat which is alive or we have a dead cat. There's no cat in between. Mm -hmm. But as long as we not open the door, we have some kind of half alive, half dead cat, obviously, because there's a probability between zero and 100% that this atom splits. Um, and I think with um, DEI, it's exactly the same. Yeah, so at the moment, we have to go in and enforce something. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we are opening a door and we are pressing a system towards a life or death. Yeah, and then it gets obvious here and for me, non-natural. So for me that I'd like to have it exactly like Schrödinger's cat. I don't want to open the door and I want to know everything is perfect. And what I'd mm -hmm. like to avoid is to have enforcement of um, quotes on pro um, promotion, to have um, gendered natural language or whatever. I always think this is like open a box. Sometimes you need it. You have to do it to, to push something towards it, but it doesn't feel 100% correct in both ways. And I also want to mention exactly the opposite side, not to do it, it's the same. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like a dead cat then. Yeah, so I, I don't know, I, for me always the, the natural status is somewhere in between with a closed door and nobody realize 100% know where it is, but everything is perfect. Um, and I think that's that's how I see it. Yeah, and if I see that it took us 120 years to get a, a Tour de France, um, yeah, a female Tour de France, yeah, the, the men's are riding this since 120 years. And now we are considering 2022, the first year that women should all um, also take part of this challenge. I think that's something where we really should open the door. Say, yeah, it was time to do it. Yeah, there it really mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, so sometimes you need to do it. But I think more and more we should come to a, to a system where this is quite inherent and where we act on values towards person independent from their sexual orientation, religious orientation, from the, from their, whether they gender topics. And I don't, I even don't do this in my normal life. I, I don't care about this. I care on, on values. Yeah, I look mm -hmm. at people and say, what are your underlying values and do they fit to my values? And then I know uh, whether we come together or whether we should um, yeah, keep separated, um, but not on, on, on obvious dimensions like a gender or the skin of yeah, color or, or whatever. I, I think that's, yeah, last century. Yeah, yeah. And I think I really love how, how you put it there that like, you know, sometimes it needs to, sometimes, you know, the, the winds of change need a little bit of a helping hand, but to think about it as a series of tactics kind of misses the point and, and goes, like you said, sort of right beyond the pale of just living in I see you and you see me. A very unique answer, but I love it. Love it. Thank you. Um, all right, Matthias, you've been around the world. You've been a physicist, you've got an MBA, you're a marketer, you're a coder, but can you answer this next question? Matias Alzesa, what is your favorite album of all time and why? So uh, again, I took a quite special answer because I don't have a, a special album, but what I can tell you is a nice story. I'm from marketing, so I love storytelling. So um, mm -hmm. I think it was 1993 or four. I've done a road trip towards Alaska, yeah, which was really a cool thing for, for, for a young guy here in Germany to decide, yeah, we are going five weeks to Alaska. Uh, we are one, we're not able to, to rent um, um, some kind of, of mobile home yeah, or whatever. We really had to rent a car and going there by tent. And so that, that was the idea together wow. with my girlfriend. And I think five minutes before we left here in Germany, I said, maybe it makes sense to put a cassette tape. I, I hope that's the right English word. Yeah, so this, yes, this 100%. self-recorded tape from, from radio, yeah, self-recorded, yeah. And I've just 
took one randomly out out of of my box and 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 have put it to 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 my backpack and then when we we got the car yeah we only had that one tape yeah so we were five weeks in alaska and driving around i don't know three four thousand kilometers it was really from anchorage to mount mckinley then uh towards canada um, um chicken dawson whatever we have seen everything in, in this area and ongoing we had the same um same, I don't know, 12 to, to 18 songs on this tape. And this is my mm -hmm. most favorite album. It doesn't has a name, but, uh, and I can tell you that the, the songs, I still know them. It's it's Foreigner, Cold As Ice, Bruce Springsteen, The River, Rock Set, um, The Look, uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. So really oh, the, the wow. classic ones. And, and I think it was also Marillion, yeah. Kiley or, or the, the, um, the Cure, German, uh, who nobody in America will know, uh, German bands like Bab, Tote Hosen, Udo Lindenberg. So, so really nice songs. And whenever now one of these songs is played in the radio, yeah, my brain starts going back to, to these years. So for me, most famous uh, is this. If you really ask for a real album, no, we're going with the Alaska Giovanna, Grunge, whatever, that would be my, 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 my area oh, like most. Yeah, but this is by far better. You know, it's the technicality, but I'm going to allow it. That's an incredible story. The Alaska mixtape, favorite album of all time, and a hell of a good answer for why. Um, so, Matthias, let's bring this up to the current. Are you listening to anything now, be it an artist, a song, a podcast, or maybe even a book? What's caught your attention lately? So I think when we talk about music, um, uh, I have to follow all my kids. Yeah, so it's really Jason Derulo, uh, Rihanna, or, or things like that. So are uh, running in the car, but it's quite nice because I have two daughters. Yeah, it's eleven and eight years old. Uh, the one is uh, more on Jason Derulo, Rihanna, and these things, and the other one I like is more towards the old crunch style. She's hearing um, Tote Hosen, which, which is really a German punk band. Yeah, so, mm. um, um, uh, and, and, and others, yeah. Uh, she's more <laughs> the one uh, who is hearing music uh, I'd like. So that would be, for, from an artist's point of view, if I look at my playlists, uh, um, I'm quite broad in, in what I hear. So from classic chorals towards German rock, um, I have two playlists, uh, which I labeled just um, go with the flow, sensitive chiller. So it's really a mixture. There's, uh, it's uh, uh, the, the one I need if if I just want to go out for a run, it's go with the flow. Yeah? The other one, sensitive chillers is if I go for a spa or um, things like that, there's classic in. So there I'm really broad from, from, from reading books. I think it's uh, super marketing related. So the last book I've read is um, a measurement of the internet. It's a German title. I, I, I have to check um, and can send you this. Maybe we can link it somewhere in the bottom of the podcast. Um, but it's mm -hmm. a really cool thing because they try to measure the traffic of the internet. Yeah, and find out that the big ones, the Googles in, uh, of the world um, and just take 90% of the traffic and all the rest um, uh, is, is spread then across millions of other sites and things. So it's all related, I would say, to marketing leadership data consulting these blocks yeah the, the classic one whatever blue ocean and things like that but also the, the newer ones um this is what i and and less novels and things like that that's um um i think too much work huh? so it's more sports in the evening than uh, brain work <laughs> no that that makes a lot of sense i feel like you're working your brain pretty hard during the day as it is and i just want to say i think there's something 
perfect about a physicist uh, loving mixtapes. I think just putting the building blocks together for the, the perfect music experience, I think that's right on brand for you. Matthias, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Marketing Futures Podcast. Thank you very much for being invited here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Futures Podcast. Have an idea for a topic or guest for a future episode? Shoot us a note at marketingfutures at ana.net. Be sure to subscribe to the Futures Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, if you're looking to get smart on the future, point your browsers to ana.net slash futures.